unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. And please welcome our host. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place for the Raw and Unscripted Show with myself, Mr. Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, and you're at your place where I help you overcome your self-created crap. Without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Good evening, guys. Whether you're here on the replay or live on the video cast or listening to us on the podcast, there's multiple ways where you can digest this information. So thank you guys for being with us. We appreciate you. We are sitting here on show number 190 of the Raw and Unscripted show. So we have been doing this for 190 episodes. I think we've been going since January of 2019. It was shortly before I started my back surgery journey, which was a whole lot of fun. But uh, I've been doing here the Raw and Unscripted show every single week without fail. I think there's been a couple of times we've done replays due to christmas holidays and things of that nature but we appreciate you guys being here so feel free to ask us questions as we're having this conversation tonight um we'd love for you to join in the conversation that's what this is this is a conversation between me myself and my guest me myself and my guest there we go um just trying to do what we can to illuminate the fact that you are in control of your life you're in control of your choices and your thoughts and that once you start taking responsibility for that there is nothing anybody can do or say to take that away from you when you're kick-ass unstoppable that's what's up. So as of this show, we are celebrating the holiday season here in the United States. So um, I know you guys celebrate the holiday season around the world. So that's a good thing. Sometimes I get my, my like, we're celebrating the 4th of July. Are you guys celebrating the 4th of July? I'm realize I'm talking to people that are all over the world and going, Chris, they don't celebrate the 4th of July in India because we are all over the place. We are in, I think, 12 or 13 different countries now. So thank you guys all for tuning in. We got Germany. We got India. We got South Africa. We got England. We got Australia. We got New Zealand. We got all sorts of places. I think Japan is in there. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys all being here and uh, encourage you guys to make sure you have something to write down notes. I mean, one of the big things that you can do is you can get inspired by these conversations and go, wow, I'm so inspired. Da, da, da. I'm going to do those things. And then what do we do? We go back into life and we forget what it is that people said. And then we continue to go on that circle. We read a book and we, oh my, I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed. But the thing you got to do is you got to take actual prescriptive action. You got to sit there and say, okay, out of this conversation tonight, are there three action items that I could take and apply in my life and see how they work for me? Yes, there will be tons of things that you can take in your life. So write those things down, keep them in front of you. I'm a fan of these things. It's real high tech. You write it down and you put it on your on your computer monitor and then you remind yourself, oh, hey, listen, I got to pay attention to that. As a matter of fact, I have three sticky notes right up here. So that's my little thing. As I sit there and I watch a podcast, watch a show, do something, and I write down a couple of things, I stick it in front of myself and then uh, take action on that. And that's how I have been able to become kick-ass unstoppable. That's how I've been able to come the no excuses coach. So thank you very much. It takes, uh, it takes definite application of the principles that we go through in our life to learn and to go through those and to see how they fit for us and to see how we need to adjust those, um, to make them applicable to our lives. Because what we're talking about here really is a lot about perspectives, beliefs, confidence, um, looking at things from a different angle, really. I mean, when I sit there and I tell you that life is happening for you and not to you, some people sit there and go, what do you mean, Chris? You know, I've had this happen. I've had this happen. I've had this shitty experience happen. Yes, but it's all happened to make you the person that's sitting here in front of your computer monitor or listening to this today. It's made you the person that you are today. And when you look back on your life, when have you learned the most? When things were easy or when things were challenging? Well, of course, when things were challenging. Do we want to go back and repeat those challenging situations? No. 
no, 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 no. I don't want to go back and repeat any of the challenging situations that I've been in. However, I stand here before I sit here before you guys today. Usually I'm standing when I'm doing some sort of talk. Um, I sit here before you guys today to let you know that I'm thankful for all those negative experiences because they were actually constructive because they actually helped me become the person I am today. So all those trials and tribulations that we experience are happening for us. So just that little tidbit alone, change your perspective, change your attitude, change your life. And that's what's up. So we appreciate you guys. And uh, one little quick shout out here, helphealhumanity.org. You guys know I talk about this, helphealhumanity.org. It is one of the most amazing organizations. I have the privilege to being on the board of uh, directors for the organization. We've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up for 2023. And I just ask that when you get value out of this particular show, do me a solid donate whatever it is that you possibly can to the organization. That's just my little fee for you to, to sit here with us for 45 minutes to an hour and get your, get your mind expanded, get your opportunities expanded. So if you go to www.helphealhumanity.org, appreciate you guys, whatever it is you could do, send me a picture of it. Any donations, $200 and above, they get a free hour of consultation with me. So imagine it's the beef. It's the beginning of 2023 and you have an hour conversation with me. You make a tax deductible donation to an amazing organization. And then you rock 2023 and you come back later and go, Chris, I want to donate some more. So I have some more time with you. That's what we ask for you guys. That's the, that's the payment for being here on the show, being here with us uh, and getting this amazing value. Cause you can go back through 189 previous episodes. And I am certain I am certain I will almost guarantee you, but I can't guarantee because I don't know who you are listening to this. I almost guarantee you that you could dramatically change your life by listening to just one quarter of these shows and applying all the principles that my guests and myself have shared. And it's free. That's all you got to do is just go listen and apply, listen and apply, listen and apply. And then what I ask you to do is once you've got yourself in a situation where you're feeling empowered, you're feeling strong, you're feeling confident, go pay it forward. Go do it for somebody else, especially kids. We got young boys and young girls out there in the world today who need mentors. They need strong people in their life more than ever. Um, so I just encourage you to take your strength and your resiliency and go pass that on to the young generation so that they can come up behind us and, and make this world a little bit better place than what we're doing currently. And now I will just leave it at that. So uh, appreciate you guys being here. And uh, my guest tonight is an amazing soul. She's got an incredible journey, but more importantly, she's got an amazing story of what it is that we can do to build resiliency, build confidence, and just create a kick-ass life for yourself. So please welcome to the Raw and Scripted show, Mary Huang. Mary, how are you? What's up? (laughs) Thank you for being here on the Raw and Scripted show, darling. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing amazing, and I'm so grateful to share this time and space with you right now, even virtually. You are so kick-ass, no excuse coach, and thank you for having me. Um, I think we really share the same heart to share how we bounced back through so many dark moments to be able to serve that light to others, and that's why I'm happy to be here today. You're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I see your beautiful smile, your beautiful heart and your beautiful soul. So thank you for being here. Let's just jump right into it. I mean, obviously we were sitting here talking about adversarial situations in our life, you know, not the ideal situations in our life. Talk to us about your particular journey and what makes you the strong individual that you are today. Yeah. You know, I really agreed with all the those golden nuggets you just gave in the first several minutes of this show already. I mean, those are notes to be taken down what you said already. Thank you. And the person that we are today, no matter who you are watching right now, you've already overcome so much. So when you're watching us, you can see yourself in our stories and you can you can see yourself as a hero too. Because I think the hero's journey is part of the human experience. So having challenges, falling into a pit, it's totally okay. It's what we do with it. So my story is I was 
born between a miscarriage and an abortion. I was raised by a narcissist and a borderline personality. Ooh. And so the abuse was through the roof and being born into that kind of environment, you don't understand that this is abnormal or this is unhealthy because it's normalized. The abuse, the danger, the, the love and danger being intertwined became the standard. It became the baseline. Mm -hmm. And going through life with that kind of program in your subconscious mind, in your DNA, in your lineage, you just, you're now you're born into the world and you're surrounded by experiences and stories and things being told to you um, to further confirm that the abuse is normal. Yeah. And so until, you know, I never knew about how the subconscious mind worked until later on, and that really changed my life. Um, but what happens when you have that kind of blueprint of abuse, you go through life repeating the same cycles with different people, different faces. It doesn't matter if it's a boss who's a narcissist because it's the same blueprint as my father held or someone who's very manipulative like a borderline in a friend or a romantic partner. It doesn't matter. It's just going to keep mm -hmm. on repeating itself because not because we're victims, but because these are mirrors reflecting back to us something that we are not aware of, that mm -hmm. we need to slow down, pay attention and realize that it's like life is like a disco ball with a million little pieces of glasses reflecting back to us things that we can't see in our blind spot. And instead of having any judgment on ourselves and being critical, um, you know, so often we have that negative voice because the words and the energy that was spoken over our life and into our life, if we didn't have positive advocates raising us, then we're going to constantly have that negative critical conversation in our own minds. 100%. And then we're going to attract it. So it took me decades to break through that cycle. And it just showed up in every single relationship, whether it's a friend, a boss, a, you know, a loved, a lover. Um, and we just have to break it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to break that trajectory. Absolutely. So what was it for you? What was that dark moment for you, Mary, where you sat there and said, I can't do this shit anymore. I cannot continue this cycle of insanity, hoping, wishing, and praying that something's going to change. What was that moment for you? And my other question for you was, do you have siblings that also experience this uh, trauma? Yes. I have an older brother who just went back to Jersey today um, before hopping on this call. And we often joke or laugh that thank goodness we had each other because otherwise we'd feel crazy because there was another witness of the amount of trauma and abuse we went through. And we also thankfully created that safe space for one another as children. And we laughed our way through the trauma um, it was like a little bubble of joy. And um, the breaking point for me, which is a, everything has a silver lining. You know, maybe when we're going through it, we, we can't see the silver lining yet, but we yeah. can look backwards and say, hey, I've survived a lot of dark moments, crashing and burning and coming out of the ashes again. I've survived. And every time I look back, I've learned something. So That's I can trust that even though if I'm going through something right now, I may not know, I can lean on my own experience from the past to trust that there will come a time I can look back at this moment and say, yep, 
So that gives us the attitude of gratitude. We can, we can go through trauma and, and have the faith and the trust that I've, I've survived before, I will survive this. And because we know when we are in gratitude and thankfulness for the lesson I have not yet learned, that it will grow me and elevate me. Every time we crash and burn into that pit, we elevate higher when we come out. Yes. We can depend on that. We can count on that. And we can say, yep, this sucks and this hurts. And I don't <laughs> know why I don't deserve this, but there's something here for me. This is a reflection for me to see something. So the breaking point was when I chose to leave behind a million dollar life that I helped to create, grab my two little girls, and we left to a brand new town. I shut down my brick and mortar and started over in a brand new town with no money on food stamps and credit cards. Wow. And that was tough, especially I was raised down the street from the Forbes family estate and the Mars chocolate estate. And so I was like, how the heck did I get here? Mm -hmm. And how do I make sure that I am never in a compromised position like this again? I have two little girls watching my every move and whatever I choose to do to show up as is modeling to their subconscious blueprint what's possible. Am I going to lay down and say, because there was a fleeting few seconds where I was crying to God and I said, you might as well take me home right now because I clearly don't know anything about life. Because at that point, I was at the peak I had checked off all my boxes. My business was doing great. Like everything was checked off. And I felt like, wow, my whole tower just crumbled. I don't know anything. How can I have a voice and be a leader? <laughs> how, how, how long ago was this for you? This was, this was mid 2019. Oh, wow. So not so long ago. Not so long so, ago. Wow. You're like, you're just coming out of the ashes right now and saying, hey world, here I am. Watch out. That was January of 2022. So what's what's fortunate for me is I've spent my whole life being born, uh, being incubated in the womb of a mother that has borderline personality disorder. And then, so I've spent my whole life overcoming. And so I've got these really strong muscles of overcoming and discernment. And thank God I had my brother because we really are so sane. <laughs> we, turned out so, we always look at each other like, wow, we're very sane for where we came from. And like, you think you are. We think we are. We think we are. I hope we are. <laughs> I'll let you know by the end of this broadcast if you are. No, of course. I mean, that's that's beautiful that you have that experience. And then thinking back, you know, being so recent, you know, what were some of the first steps that you had to take with yourself in your in your own personal quest to, to rise above the ashes to sit there? What was that first decision that you needed to make for yourself? I was so broken. I was on the ground and I could not get up. And I literally, I literally was the first time in decades was humbled enough to ask God to save me. Wow. That's how lost I was. And I think humans sometimes have to be so lost and so broken. And so I don't, do not know anything. I, I might as well just leave this planet to actually say, save me, whatever you are, save me. And I had two kids. I couldn't leave them behind. They needed me to demonstrate how to truly overcome. I was breaking chains of generational curses, generational patterns of oppression and um, 
You know, I have my own, I take 100% responsibility for how I showed up, for how my programming caused me to, I was raised to be a commodity, a subservient commodity to men. My culture, my parents are immigrants. That's what I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that. What part of culture had a role? I don't know if I was frozen or if you were frozen, Chris. Yeah, my uh, my internet just went out for a second. If it does that, don't even pay attention. Oh yeah, I'll just keep talking. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It hasn't done it in a while, but I just noticed it did it the other day too. It's like yeah. it's periodic. No worries. So, uh, what were we saying? We were talking about the the role culture played in your yeah. in your situation and your rise out of that. My parents are from Taiwan, and so it's a very traditional. Um, patriarchic, um, oppressive kind of environment. And even raising children, you have no voice as a child. You're just like, you do what you're told and you have no rights, no voice. And especially as a female. So I was raised verbally, you know, blueprint wise. That's the generational blueprint for a female Asian Taiwanese wow. to be really um, educated. But don't ever show how intelligent you are because it's too intimidating. And it's very fascinating, very fascinating. But I'm so grateful that I was able to live on multiple continents growing up to see so many different cultures wow. made me open and to be raised to live mostly in America gave me so many different perspectives to fight for what I want my children to have as females. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And then just taking ownership for your life and being able to do that, especially in that culture. I mean, I've got a lot of my friends are Asian and they tell me about, you know, the the, the, the confines of, of the culture and this is what we do and we don't do. And especially nowadays, I mean, you think about, you know, it's 2020, it's almost going to be 2023 and women's empowerment and being able to be vocal and all that stuff. But still, it seems like we're still limited in the parameters of what was in the ancient um I guess the, the historical factor of different cultures. My friends are Hispanic and some of the same things come up and you're like, okay, aren't we in a new world now? Shouldn't, shouldn't we loosen some of those beliefs? I mean, shouldn't your daughter be empowered? You know, shouldn't she have a voice? Shouldn't she be strong, but to be still subservient and kind of think about that, that nature and still you having that power to rise up out of that. What's that relationship been, li been like with your family? Do you still have a relationship with them or have you, is that part of that, you know, see you later, not going to be here anymore. Well, that's a very complicated question. I'm transparent. I'm happy to share with you. I think it's unique. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe your viewers can tell if it's if anybody else has experienced this. But when my father remarried, his wife said to pick her or me, and he chose her. Yeah, so in my early twenties. Yeah, so that's pretty intense. And then my mother, being you know. Mm, difficult so at arm's length distance you know and I, I still pray for both of them and i still elevate them up in the spiritual realm but on a human 3d plane it's challenging it's yeah, challenging. No thanks <laughs> yeah you know i do my best um it's it's not an easy one but what i can say is we take those as models of what not to do yeah I, that's why i'm so driven to um that's why i've written my first book over here about being an empowered parent to raise an empowered child. It's taking all the most difficult things that we see in life and how do we take charge of that? What did we learn? Even if, even if the trauma was inflicted upon us and we were children and we didn't deserve that, what did we learn from that? 
Yes. And how can we flip it around so that we are empowering the next generation? And so this book is really, you know what? I have them to think. I have very abusive parents to think because that gave me the fire to want to think about that and change the trajectory for the future generations. Ooh, Mary, you're awesome, man. I can feel the fire. I can feel the fire. And, and, and what you said is true. When I sit there and ask people, like people talk to me all day long and they're talking about their, their challenges and what they've got going on. And I said, what would, what would it feel like right now if you shifted your perspective from being like, everything's happening to me. Why does this keep happening and everything else? And to, to realize maybe everything that's happening right now is preparing you for what's next. How can 100%. we sit there and and, and, sh and shift our perspective with that? I mean, because I've experienced, you know, lots of downtimes in my life. Obviously, I was homeless as a youth and was a seventh grade dropout and all those other things and tried to kill myself. Unfortunately, I sucked at it. But when I sit there and I go through those dark times now and those downtimes, I sit there and I say, okay, God's preparing me for something that's next. If I sit here and wallow in self-pity, wallow in victimhood, complain, bitch, piss, and moan, am I really going to be setting myself up for that, that excellence? Or am I going to be setting myself up for more disappointment because I'm not going to be ready for it? So in those moments of, of challenge, and I've had some of them recently, I ask myself, okay, God, what am I supposed to be learning? What am I supposed to be learning right now? How can I take this situation, go through it, and then be able to, to be on the other side, still help other people? And that's for me, that's what I was just saying at the beginning of the show is like, when you go through that stuff and you're able to get on a situation where you're, you're confident and you can pay it forward with other people who are going through that situation, isn't it worth it? You know, and I sit there and I think about you and what you're going to be doing for your daughters. I mean, what goals and dreams do you have for your daughters? What principles do you want them to grow up knowing? Oh, my gosh. Number one is to to always know where their worth comes from. It comes yeah. from knowing who they are and who God is. You know, if someone if your viewer doesn't believe in God, then source. But for mm -hmm. us, it's God. The I didn't have God in my life, but the divorce broke me so hard that I said, save me. And that's how I started to have that relationship. And that has opened so many doors for me. That's how we got off food stamps and credit cards. Like that has remade me the way that I was meant to be built, to be able to steward the mission and purpose and destiny that I was created for, that we are all created for. But there are so many things on the external world vying for our attention to steal our energy and our ability to create and manifest. Yeah. The greatest thing I can teach my children is to understand that they are a steward of their body, their mind, their heart, their everything, their energy. Everything is trying to distract them. If they can understand, there's really two camps. It's really a chess game. And there's either black, there's either dark, or there's light. And there's no gray area, and you can't be lukewarm. You got to choose one or the other. Are you serving? Are you on the light side? Are you going to be of light and of love and visioning what can be better for this world? Why am I on this planet right now? So much hatred and division is happening right now. Why am I allowed to exist right now? We are only here for a blip of a time. I feel sure. the Holy Spirit in me right now. It's yeah, like, let's go. <laughs> Why are we on the planet? We are so lucky to even be born. Yeah. We are all going to have horrific things at some point being directed at us. But we have to be the ones to pick ourselves up and speak life into ourselves and put the blinders on. That's the second thing I teach my children. Put the blinders on. It does not matter what anybody says. 
or doesn't say, think or doesn't think, do or doesn't do in relation to you, it is none of your business. Your business is to care more about what you think and what God thinks because you were created for something magnificent. We all are. I'm talking to you, the viewer. Mm. You were created for something magnificent. <laughs> and if so you allow true. anything to distract you from that, then you are giving your power away. So you just have to take your power back and realize this is a chess game and you got to look further and move your piece to win this game because we're only here for a moment. Yes, I know you're frozen. So when you come back, Chris, just interrupt me. I mean, I am so fired up about this topic because I have had to fall. There you are, Chris. I was just saying that, you know, when you've had to overcome so much again and again and again, that's the way to win this game of life is to realize we don't owe anything to anyone else's agenda other than our own agenda for the highest purpose of why we're here. Exactly. No, I love that, Mary. And I sit there and I think Yep. life. And that's one way of putting it. And I sit there and I think like, you know, like a car spec sheet, like when we buy, buy a brand new car, you get a whole list of everything that, that comes with it. Right. I think of us being like that when our souls are incarnated in the human experience, that we're here to, to check off a bunch of, the, a bunch of things that we want to accomplish here in this one of the biggest disappointments in life would be to get to the end of life and realize that Christopher could have been all these different things, but because I, I played small and because I was a victim, I never got to achieve those things. Like I was meant to be here to impact the entire world. I was meant to be here to write these books. I was meant to be here to do these shows. And if I didn't do those and I just stayed in my little corner of the world going, Oh God, why did I have such a shitty childhood? Then, then that would be the biggest bummer of all. But I sit there and I look at it like, okay, there's got to be challenges here for us to test our will, to test our strength, to test our why. And one of the big things that I teach people is like, when you have a big enough why, you have a big enough how. So Mary, what is your why? When you think about your why right now, what is your why in this world to give you that power and that strength to come through those challenges and to come through the continuing challenge that you're obviously going to face as you, as you continue to be a mother of two beautiful daughters? I have a lot of whys, you know, and it's important to have a lot of whys and make them so big beyond yourself. Mine is exactly what you said, Christopher. When I leave this planet and I go and meet my maker, I want to make sure that I can be like, yup, I left it all out there. I did everything possible. I failed. I fell on my face. I messed up. I did, you know, gosh, I've already messed up so much my whole life up to this point. And I've got many decades left, but I just want to make sure that when that day comes, I can be proud and I can make my maker proud that I came as close as possible to fulfilling my destiny. And that's what drives me. Number two, my other second biggest why is are my two daughters. They, they're so innocent. We all come to this world so innocent and I get to be their guide in human form for just a moment. So I got to do everything possible to ensure that I keep developing myself in my mind and like keep, keep expanding my abilities and my, my knowledge and my spirituality so that I'm modeling to them and teaching to them day after day, the best of what I can give them. I see myself as a filter that 
I go through the fire first and, and filter away and burn away all the junk and give them the gold. And that's what I do for my clients. And, you know, on these podcasts and everything that I touch, that's the goal is to let me use my life as a laboratory and mm -hmm. sift out the things that are useful and then pass it on to the people who are going to want it. And that's how I view my children and why I'm on the planet. Oh, I love that. I love that. And when I think I know what your answer is going to be to this one, but I think about, you know, what holds a lot of us back is our fear, our fear of making mistakes, our fear of being a failure, our fear of, you know, something not being as good as we think it's going to be in our life. So how do you, how do you help your clients and how do you help yourself shift your perspective about those mistakes and failures in your life? And, and to realize that they're actually part of that journey. We've kind of been talking about a little bit, but I think you have more to add on that. Yeah. The fear, how to overcome the fear of failure and making mistakes. Yes. yes. I mean, you know, this is something I think goes back to childhood because I see it with my young daughters right now is this fear of making mistakes. And I think the firstborn is a little bit more critical than the secondborn. And there's a thing called birth order. There's lots of books written about it. It's a real thing. I was just talking yeah. about it with my big brother today. And being a secondborn, there's only two of us. I, I see it true. And I see it like being repeated in what, observing my two children. But how do we overcome that? It's perhaps a muscle for you to give yourself the permission and see how much you actually gain out of that, to give yourself the permission to fail and sift for the highest lesson of why you went through that and then apply it immediately and see the results. And that's how you can strengthen your muscle of allowing yourself to fail. And then you start to enjoy it. I don't know. I, I can. I can. When I fail, I'm, it stings and it hurts. I'm like, ah, I, I missed the mark. Like, ah, oh, that's not what I wanted. Um, depends the situation. It could sting or hurt more. Sure. But then, like we were saying earlier, when you have enough experiences of looking back and saying, you know what? I really messed up and there was a price to pay, but I know there's a golden nugget that I can take and apply now so that my future improves. So we're always going up to the next level. And it requires, actually, if we can shift the mindset and realize that it if you actually want to grow, you have to understand it requires you to fail. Yes. So if you can tell yourself that and believe that and go back and look at your life and find proof to prove it true, evidence to prove it true, then you can be like, not surprised when you fail, like stop being surprised. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise you're going to just stay the same, be comfortable and go nowhere. Okay. Then you can't, you have no right to complain about that. If you have no excuse, right? No excuse coach. If you don't want to fail, then you're going to stay the same in your comfort zone that you are not allowed to complain. That's mm -hmm. it. <laughs> mic drop here. I'll do the, there's a microphone right there. Mic drop. For those of you guys can't see it. I have a tattoo on the inside of my forearm. That's a microphone. So I was mic drop. Poof. Yes. I love that Mary, because you know, it, it, it's all about the perspective that we can have and to find that, that ability to see things in such a way. Like when I tell my clients, I'm like, I want you to fail your way to success. And their immediate look at me is like, huh? I thought, I thought I'm not supposed to fail. I'm not, I'm not supposed to make mistakes. I thought, you know, I'm supposed to do things right. I'm like, no, you, when you think about the failure is not the bad thing, the failure is a learning thing. So if we sit there and change, we rename failure to learning opportunity instead of a failure or a mistake to a learning opportunity, 
doesn't the sun the, doesn't the perspective shift start to happen pretty quickly? It's like go out and make more mistakes. I've told that to so many people in my life, Mary, and they're just like, what do you mean? I'm like, they're not mistakes because you learn from them, right? If you do them more than a couple of times, then you're an idiot and you should then you shouldn't be doing that. But if you go through something and you sit there and say, wow, what am I supposed to learn from this? And then you carry that forward, then that power in that about, about opportunity to look at it and go, okay, I don't like what I'm going through right now, but I can realize that it's building me up for something different. And I just got to get out of my own way. And when I think about that, you said the no excuses coach, what are Mary's excuses and how do you overcome your excuses in the, in the everyday life? Cause I know there's gotta be some moments and days where you're just like, okay, God, I know that I'm supposed to have a right perspective. I know this and I know this, but we still can't deny how we feel. So how do we get through those, those tender moments right there where we have those excuses and you're starting to have that pity party. How do you pull yourself through? How do I pull myself through a pity party moment? Well, prayer. To be honest, I am just so much in my spiritual walk that I realize that I am aligned fully. Every day is a walk to align myself fully with the most high. When you realize that your life is a gift and it's only here for a moment and it's not by accident, there's a there's something breathing life into all of us. And so when I align with that power and that energy and that mission, destiny, and purpose, when I mess up and I feel really crappy about it, I just have to slow down and acknowledge it. I have to simply feel it. I cannot deny it and jump over it and hop over it mm -hmm. because then it's just going to come back. So when I align with a higher power and be like, that's right, that's right. It's I'm not the one doing it. I'm, I'm the steward of this mission. So let me just let go for a moment and stop gripping so hard and pushing so hard and trying so hard. Let me just stop. And it's a sign when these negative feelings come up, it's a sign that we need to just chill for a minute and lean on the greater purpose of why we're here. So that's a very spiritual answer, but on a very physical 3D plane, how can I help myself get over it? It is self-care as well. So I feel like it's very aligned. It, it means I need to just chill, slow down, and love on myself. Whether it's a hot bath with some lavender or maybe a glass of wine or a tea or like a phone call with a mentor or a good friend who can just hold space. But if you can't do it for yourself in that moment, go lean on someone or something. Yes. Yeah, and, it's so important. Yeah, it's so important to have beautiful people in your life. Mentors, I know that's that's one of the reasons why I'm sitting here today is that there was a guy that uh, back when I was an 18-year-old, long-haired, cigarette-smoking kid who was, again, dropped out of the seventh grade, dating his daughter. You know, I was scared to death when I was going to meet my girlfriend's dad because like she's like, my dad wants to meet you. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Look at me. Like I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the prize, you know, and I didn't have any self-confidence. I was just, I was just unstoppable. I just kept fighting my way every single day to try to make things a little bit better for myself and for my life. And she said she wanted, he wanted to meet me and he became one of my first mentors. And he actually, he looked at me, but he looked in me. You know, most people looked at me and went, oh, you're, you're a hoodlum. You look like a gangbanger. You look like whatever heavy metal guy. Um, and he sat there and took the time to look within me. And he's the one that gave me the, the first belief in myself. So when I think about that, I think about when I, when I get in a tough situation, he's no longer with us. I actually got to hold his hand when he passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, I wound up marrying that girl and, and, and 
ultimately got divorced, but I actually got to be there to hold his hand when he passed away. And I thought it was one of the greatest experiences of my life to pay it back to him for all he had done for me to be there for him. Talk to us about your mentors. Who are some of the people in your life that you look up to, whether they're famous people or whether they're people within your family, who are some people that inspire Mary to be the best version of herself that she could possibly be? Oh my gosh, this actually makes me feel very emotional right now. Um, is my big brother. Love oh, it. What's his name? Jimmy. Jimmy. Thank yeah. you, Jimmy, for being a cool big brother. He's amazing. He's like taking care of me my whole entire life. And even now coming over and helping me fix things around the house. You know, I'm on the West Coast. He's on the East Coast, but he's always there for me. And having that rock and that relationship of someone who's a sounding board, but what are his qualities? So what do you want to look for in a mentor? Yeah. Um, because I feel like he's such a, a great role model. His value systems, he, he's so clear, he's so grounded, and he'll offer you two sides. You know, of course, he's my big brother, so he's always gonna take my side, but he will always offer me both sides, both perspectives, so that I can make my own choice. And I feel that that's the quality of a great mentor. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Someone who's not gonna cause you to lean on them, but someone who's going to show you how to have your own critical thinking and ability so that someday you can go off and fly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and true. of course, you know, books and hiring different mentors. I've had so many countless ones. I often have multiple at the same time and I will always have multiple at the same time because um, I always want to be growing, but my biggest mentors are um, honestly, it's so crazy just because I didn't have this spiritual walk in this way. Um, I was a spiritual teacher teaching meditation and like Akashic readings and all these kind of things. And I've shut all that down because of my walk now with the most high. But whatever it is that you believe in, you've got to have your spiritual practice because we are more spiritual than we are physical. And science is finally proving that. Yeah. It's true. I mean, the, the fact of the, the whole self-love and the whole self-care aspect of it that I love that you brought up because when I, over the course of COVID over the last couple of years, I probably gifted about 125 coaching sessions to people just as my way of paying it forward, especially during COVID, just to just bring light and love to people. And about the 15th person inside, 15th person of this, of this, uh, these coaching sessions that I did, sorry, my brain is fried right now. I didn't realize how fried I wasn't. So I was trying to formulate my thoughts tonight. Um, go, 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 go. Um, is to be able to sit there and look at our journeys and be able to um, find the, the beauty in the challenge with knowing our clarity and knowing our purpose. And I think about, you know, what it is that you've been through and what I've been through, especially. And I think about the challenge for me, one of my biggest challenges that I needed to overcome was trusting people because I had been betrayed and abandoned by so many people in my life. I didn't know my biological father. My mother had various psychological disorders. My sister left when I was nine years old. She said, adios. And, and to the point, you know, where you were talking about earlier, your family and you wish them well. I actually found my sister back in 2005. She lived a mile and a half away from me. I hadn't seen her since I was nine years old. I was now in my thirties. It was when the internet was coming around and I found her and she lived a mile and a half away from me and brought her back into my life and quickly found out that I had to start making some important decisions. But to your point, you had said before, she looked at me and, and she hated my mom. She despised my mom. She's like, how's your mother? Like, I'm like, she's your fucking mother too. 
And then one day she says, baby brother, she goes, how did you not turn out like mom? And I said, you want to know the truth? And she goes, yeah. And I said, I busted my ass to learn and discover and to read autobiographies and go to trainings and go to school and read books. I said, I've read hundreds and hundreds of books already about what it takes to be a quality person, to not get fired from every job that you ever had, to not lose every relationship that you ever had, including your personal children, um, which she scared off. And I said, so I made it a point not to be like mom because I wanted to be successful. And then I turned and looked at her and I said, how did you turn out exactly like her when you left when you were 16 years old? And she blew a gasket. She goes, I'm nothing like mom. I'm nothing like mom. And that was my first sign. We reunited for about a year. And then ultimately I tried to help her being the no excuses coach. I'm like, Maria, if you just do these things, I promise your life will get better. But she was like, no, it's mom's fault. And it's this person's fault. And my sister went into the same occupation as my mother. She had, she was the crazy cat lady. She had over 30 cats in her house. She wouldn't even let me come in her house. And I found out why, because I was like, Maria, just shut up. Let me, I was helping her move a piece of furniture. She's like, no, you can just leave it here on the porch. I'm like, why would I leave a desk on the porch? Just let's put it inside your house. I had no idea. She opened the door. I caught a whiff and I'm like, oh my God, you turned out like mom. And I looked inside her house. She had all the books. My mom was an incredibly brilliant person, but stupid as the day is long about relationships. And I said, you know, you obviously chose to be a victim in your situation. But when I think about my life, Mary, one of the pivotal points for me to be here and be successful is I had to find empathy and forgiveness for my mom. Yeah. Talk to us about that journey. Have you, have you found empathy and forgiveness for, for your family? Or is that something you're still processing? And how are you processing that? Because I know it took me a long time. And ultimately, when I got to the point... And it was so crazy. It was like this weird thought that came to me while I was drinking. And I thought, if I had gone through all the situations my mom went through, if I had been abused by her mom and, and been around when her parents divorced when she was four years old and all the drugs and everything, might I be like her? Right. And Mary, I swear to God, I did not want to say yes. I'm like, <sighs> I had to. I was like, if I went through all of her experiences and had all of her thought processes, I would be exactly like her. So I was able to find empathy and forgiveness for her I didn't necessarily condone what it is that she did, but I was able to have empathy and forgiveness for her. And that changed everything in all my relationships. So talk to us about that journey for yourself. 100%, 100% agree with you and all that you're saying. Ditto for me. And it's so relieving and so much release of weight yeah. when we're capable of coming to that place. But again, we can't spiritually bypass. We can't just go from trauma <laughs> to empathy. And I think that was a challenge for me growing up was that I was so empathetic, like for years and years and years, trying to save my mom, trying to save my dad. And there's no boundary. So to come full circle now as an adult who's been in self-development for decades, to finally be healed and close all those doors and all those chapters, um, forgiveness is for us. It's it's so repetitive that we hear people say that, but when we actually experience it and do the work to get there, it makes sense. It's experiential. You have to do it to understand it fully what that means, how it releases all the baggage. But yeah, I've come to, I pray for them every day. I even pray for my ex and his family every day. It doesn't mean that we all need to be buddies. I can still pray for you every day and wish you the best and want to lift you up energetically because there is a oneness. We are all one. When we can come to the understanding that we are all threads in the fabric of our reality, that we are all literally connected, that the pollution in India is literally tracked over all the way to North America. 
that, you know, the, the nuclear explosion in Japan isn't just right there. It's everywhere. So we are all one. <laughs> and when I can get into that space of realizing, just like what you said, if I were to go through the traumas that they did, would I turn out like them? And when I think about the traumas that they went through and how they were unable to overcome the matrix of their mind and how they're caught in a loop like Groundhog's Day again and again and again in that same horrible loop of self-trauma and self-abuse, that's why they treat others the way that they do. I feel sad for that. That's hell. That's hell. And the fact that I couldn't save them because kids love their parents more than anything, yeah. that was the hardest lesson to learn, but it prepared me to be able to help more people across the globe because I had to learn that lesson first. I can't save anyone. I'm only here to deliver you light and information and wisdom from my own filter. And if you want to take it and drink it, let's go. And if mm -hmm. you don't, I'm going to pray for you because I want all of humanity to rise because we are all one. Yes. I love that. I love that. And I agree. I tell people all the time, no matter tall, short, straight, gay, Republican, Democrat, whatever label you want to put on it, you split us all down the middle. I do it when I speak on stages. I'll sit there and tell everybody, look around the audience because I'm all about that. I'm like, look around the audience. We got different cultures, ethnicities, sexual orientations, Republican, Democrat, independent, atheist. We got everybody here in the audience. Look around. Everybody just looks around. I'm like, you're all beautiful people. You should see it from up here. You're all beautiful people. Here's the thing. Split us all down the middle. Guess what? We're exactly the same. You can give me a liver. You can give me a kidney. I can give you this. We're all interchangeable. So let's start treating each other as such, as opposed to being different, just because we have a different label associated with us. So I love that you brought that up. I want to jump to that. I just, I just realized we've already been talking for 44 minutes. That's let's blue. talk about that book. Let's talk about that book behind you. What was the inspiration for you to write the book? And what was that journey like? I know I'm, I'm writing my book right now. I've got, to, I've actually got a, a, a fake, uh, cover for it. It's called Just You and Me Kids. So I keep that in front of me. It's actually Dave Grohl's autobiography from Foo Fighters. I love Dave. Um, so talk to us about that journey, what the book is about and what inspired you to do it and what that was like for you. This book came out as an answer to all the parents and grandparents at the school I used to own, the Light Warrior School for Children. That was the brick and mortar that I had to shut oh, I beautiful. shut down in order to, to leave and go to a new town. But all the parents and grandparents wanted to know what we were doing there. And so I wrote this book as an answer to that. And the book is a call to action to the reader, the parent, the one who has influence over the children, the next generation and the generations after that. It's a call to action to realize if you want an empowered child, it begins with you. And that we have the responsibility to hold the torch to break the chains of whatever we inherited through our genes because science has shown that trauma leaves a chemical mark on our DNA that is passed through epigenetically. And that if trauma can leave a mark, we can also heal it through transformation, through love and through joy. And we have the responsibility to do that. All the things that I do, whether it's on stage, books or whatever I touch, it's to really awaken the person who's experiencing it because they can't tell me after the experience that they didn't know that they had the responsibility <laughs> to hold the torch and break the chain and burn all the things that they inherited that were wrong, faulty, wrong, limited information that they just didn't know how to switch and change and reframe. 
and that we now have so much at our fingertips that we have no excuse to not be the change for our lineage. So true. No excuse. Cause we got these things. We got cell phones. I mean, I sit there and tell people all the time, I'm like, man, I wish when I was your age that I could pick up a device and ask it a question and have it tell me the answer. And then I could read all the answers. Like I sit there and tell people there's no excuse anymore. It's like people tell me oftentimes the, when, the, when they come to me, some of their excuses are, I don't have enough money. I don't have time. And when I ask them about the money situation, I'm like, so tell me, what have you done in the last 20, 30 days online? What type of research have you done to help yourself get out of the situation that you're in? Probably about 90% of the people, Mary, um, I haven't. I'm like, so are you part of the problem? Or are you part of the solution? Well, uh, 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 they got to put themselves in between. I said, you're either or. Are you part of the problem? Or are you part of the solution in your own life right now? Yes or no? Well, I guess I'm part of the problem. Okay. What is it going to take for you to shift that perspective and be able to say, okay, it's not weakness to be able to ask for help. It's not weakness to go out there and look for the answers. It's actually strength because as you continue to apply those things and you continue to learn, you're going to continue to grow and evolve and your perceptions and your perspectives and your opinions about things are going to start to change. So for you, when you sit there and think about writing that book, what were some of the most defining moments that you wanted people to understand about raising kids that, that really would set them apart from other parents? Yes. Oh my gosh. And I didn't realize till hindsight that this was a book I wish my parents would have had the sanity number one, but to also have this information. Yeah. Um, the thing that really was a big deal to me in the messaging is that our children don't belong to us. We, it's like Khalil Gibran's book about, you know, the, the children come through us, they don't belong to us. And mm. we really have the honor of being their earth angels to give them the best of what we've been able to filter through life and give them the best of what we know that that is our duty to to treat them with respect just because they're smaller bodies doesn't mean they're unwise in fact it's the opposite i've always treated young people with way more respect and garner their wisdom mm -hmm. than for me to tell them and try to have my agenda instilled into them i tell my children since they were tiny i go you have the right to call me out when I'm out of alignment. I want you to have that power to call me out. And they right. have. And to treat them like, like wise, honorable souls because they are. And, and, and that came out of because as a, a child of immigrant parents who were so oppressive and that I had no voice and as a female Asian, I took all of that and said, how do how did I wish to have been treated instead? And then I put that in a book and treated it to my children that way. But I broke it down in a way that had nothing to do with culture, but just more the the, the values and the mindset of us looking at ourselves as the adult and shifting ourselves to be able to model it. We can't tell them what to do unless we do it first. Yeah. And that's really what the takeaway is. Yeah, we got to lead by example. We got to be congruent. I mean, if half of us just sat there and said, okay, um, you know, I ask people all the time, like, so does this align with your values? I'm like, well, yeah, I think so. I'm like, when's the last time you sat down and actually reviewed your values? Well, I guess I've never really done that. I'm like, okay. So here's something you could do. You could actually sit down, pen and paper, write down what it is that you value the most. And then as you're going through your day and you find yourself having a pity party moment, sit there and say, does this align with my values? Yes or no? If it doesn't align with, like, with my values, then I need to do a shift change. I need to do a, a perspective shift to sit there and find what I can do right now that is in alignment with my values. Because the sooner 
we're not going to find times. It's not going to like, it's not going to happen as much, but it's going to happen, but we're going to have the tools to be able to get ourselves out of that situation much faster. Like I was telling somebody the other day, like, well, Chris, how do you get out of a funk? And I said, I used to take me six months to get out of a funk. Now it could take me three days. I'm like, well, three days is still a long time. Like three days is a lot better than a month. I said, so I, and I allow myself those opportunities. I think you're like me. We're a little bit sick in the brain. Um, my buddy, Walt, actually, you, you know, Walt, um, so is the fact that we look forward to those trying times because we know from our experience that it's happening for us and we're going to get value and, and, and growth out of that situation. So I think it's important for us to shift that perspective and be able to see that there's so much more abundance going on around us than what that limited thinking is. And it goes back to that value. Like, do you value truth and honesty? Yes. Okay. Are you being truthful with yourself right now? No. Okay. What can you do right now to set that truth into place to be able to sit there and move forward with your life? And it's just, it's just about that. It's just about being aware, catching yourself and then correcting yourself and moving forward. So now that Mary is this independent, beautiful young mother, you know, out there crushing it in the world, what is it that you're doing with your clients and your, and your, and, and, and to, to set that, I guess, business for yourself in this world? I know you're a speaker. I know you just recently went to uh, the speak off down there in, in Florida. I want to hear a little bit about that, but uh, what is it that you're doing now for business and how are you helping the, your, your clients, uh, become successful. Absolutely. So I've been a female empowerment coach for over 10 years. And every time I transform, my business is an extension of me. And so my niche gets, you know, really aligned with where I've grown into. And so right now, because I've had to struggle through financially, you know, coming from wealth, and then going into poverty, and then coming back up into winning again, that caused me to have this fire burn inside. Now, mind you, when I was a little girl and I answered my daddy's question, I want to be just like you when I grow up, his smile turned into a scowl and he shouted at me and said, no, you can't. There's no place for a woman in the business world. Wow. <laughs> and this that, was within the last 20 or 30 years. That was, that was decades ago. Yeah, that was when I was a little girl. And that was a spell, right? We, we get, that's a spell, a word that gets spoken over your life and you believe it, it's a hypnotic trance and that chained me down for decades. And so every time I tried it, hit a ceiling. Every time I tried it, hit a ceiling. But I just have this, I will not, I will not give up. I am relentless. And that fire just kept burning. And so now, Having gone through my graduation, so the divorce to me is a graduation, a graduation that allowed me to go back and review all the layers of work that I've been doing my like for 30, 30 years to go and close all those doors finally because I've done enough work on all of them. So it's a graduation from all of these, these um, traumas to realize, wow, this is the final piece is financial. And so I, I studied with mentors, I took courses, I read books, I got licensed, and now I'm on a mission to help women break the chains of oppression through economic empowerment. Because so many cultures, even here in America, especially women who don't have proper papers to be in this country, they are basically slaves. Mm -hmm. They are basically abused for their body, for their, what they can do, what they're servicing. And if we don't give women the ability to reclaim their wealth, they will stay stuck. 
A lot of women will not leave a bad situation because they don't know how to give up the Tesla and the Mercedes and the portfolios and how to prepare, how to provide for their children. And they'd rather sacrifice themselves and stay in that situation. And I'm saying, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> there are some basic financial information that everyone can learn. And that's what I'm doing. I'm teaching it. So what are some of those first steps that you walk with, that you work with your clients to be able to get them to shift that limited thinking? They have to understand that, again, the why that you're talking about, the value system that you're talking about is really important because it helps you to discern and identify who you are. You have to always start with, who am I? Yeah. People are being told their whole lives who they are. You have to reclaim, put on the blinders and not care and rewrite all of those things. And it takes quietude. It takes mentorship. It takes it takes um, grit, it takes patience, and it takes self-love. So it, it's a process. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a process to rewrite all of those layers and programmings. Um, and it's really important to do, especially if, if you have children, you have to do it. So you have to evaluate your value system, who you are, fall in love with yourself and have that why so big that no matter what, you're going you're gonna to go after it. But women who go through that have the grit to keep on going. Mm, I love that. I could talk to you all day. I'm going to ask you one more question because I try to get people out of here in an hour. But for the women that are listening to this, especially the women that are listening to this right now, their negative self-talk is so tragic. I mean, I talk to women all the time, like 90% of my coaching clients are women because I, I feel that women are always the ones that are eager to, to change and be that be vulnerable. So what are some first steps that you have for people who might have a, a negative script that they're running in their brain right now about themselves? First of all, you have to be aware you have to be aware enough. And I bet you, you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't even be watching till this point. You wouldn't even be hooked up to this show in the first place. There's something about you that's ready to shift. Yeah. And so for that, for that reason, I know that you can because the readiness and the self-awareness is so critical. So number one, keep practicing that muscle of self-awareness. As you're going through the day, pretend you are capable of being like a part of your consciousness is floating out here. Meditation can help prepare that because you're, you're being still enough to notice what tapes are playing in your mind. But as you're going through your life, look at the results you're having. If you're beating yourself up over something, then you need to pause and journal about that and see like, okay, where is that coming from? Talk to a mentor, talk to a friend who's not, doesn't have any agenda other, other than to love and hold space and listen. But if you have those friends that are like giving you negative feedback, cut that out. <laughs> Don't do that. So self-awareness is number one. Taking action is number two, um, but taking the right action. So having the mentor in between those two steps is important. So one, self-awareness. Two, whether it's a mentor or a friend who's just holding space. And number three, taking action. Nah, Mary, I love you. I think you're awesome. I think you're awesome. I would love for people to get in touch with you. Where can they get in touch with you and continue this conversation with you? The easiest place is IG. Go to, you know, underscore Mary, underscore Huang. And there it is on the screen right there. And I'd love to connect with you. Awesome. And also your website. MaryLHuang.com. Awesome. Awesome. Mary, thank you for being here on the Ron and Scripted Show and sharing your soul and sharing your vulnerability and sharing your strength. I'm excited to see what's next for you. Now that we're friends, we live here, here in Southern California in the same area. Perhaps one day we'll be able to meet in person and have a drink or something like that. But just thank you so much for being here. I'm going to place you backstage. Don't go anywhere because I still want to talk to you. I want to find out about Florida. 
and I will be right back with you. And there we are. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 58 minutes. It's like, bam, when the conversations are fire, I love them. They go by so fast, but I sit there and I think sometimes I'm like, maybe I should do a long form show. Maybe do it for a couple of hours because there's just, I'm just getting fired up right now. And she's such an amazing soul. When you think about the trajectory of what she's been through and especially with the culture, I mean, I have friends from all over the world, different cultures. And I find that that's one of the, the added, you know, um, challenges of just personal growth in and of itself is when you're trying to overcome cultural situations, especially in her situation where women are supposed to be kept quiet and they're supposed to do you know, be seen and not heard and all these different things, you know, it's in a world today, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're sitting here thinking about that type of mindset for yourself, you know, look, look to what Mary shared and look to her strengths and look to where she is now. Um, she didn't never said it was easy, but she always said it was worth it. And she said the fact that when we're going through those trials and tribulations, that's something that's happening for us. Like, what can I take? What can I, what meaning can I draw out of this particular situation? How can I find strength and resiliency and resiliency in this? And one of the factors she said is, lead by example, you know, especially if you have kids, no matter how old your kids are, my, my son's six years old. So I lead by example all the time, you know, matter if they're, 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 they're six, they're 13, they're, they're 17, they're 20, whatever it is, continue to lead by example and show them the way and show them that you're never going to give up on working on yourself and loving yourself. I mean, the, one of the major components of success in our lives is just be able to say, I love myself. And I couldn't say that for a long time. I thought I was stupid. I thought I was all sorts of different things. And ultimately, when I got to the point, I'm like, I'm unique. I'm brilliant. I'm different. And I'm going to harness that. And that's why I am the No Excuses Coach today. I tried to fit in. I tried to do the suit and tie speaking and, and do the whole little, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to talk about you know motivation. And you guys can see those videos. They're actually on my YouTube cha channel. If you go to youtube.com youtube.com forward slash Christopher Roush, you can go there and there's a, there's a playlist in there called suit and tie. And it's funny. People go check it out and they're like, Oh my God, I never pictured you in a tie or pictured you out that your hat and your bandana on. There it is. Cause I couldn't fit in. You were trying to put a, a round peg into a square hole. And if you're a square hole, you gotta be a square hole. If you're a triangular hole, whatever it is, be who you are and enjoy and embrace that and get yourself around the right people. I think Mary said it so, uh, so beautifully is the fact that if you continue to hang around the people that are causing you to have those negative thoughts, then guess what? Nothing's going to change. But like Stephen Covey said in the, the book, the seven habits of highly effective people said the five people you're around the most. Think about that. And actually, I've just had this conversation with myself today. I'm around my wife, my dog, my son, you know, a lot of times, um, because I used to be out that corporate person and, and be out around a lot of people. So I, I sat there and actually cognitive made the goal for myself to be around more people in 2023 because I tend to be here in my studio and enjoying those types of things, but I need to be around more people. So the encouragement here is for you guys to go out there and connect with Mary, connect with yourself, make it a priority to love yourself, make it a priority to have positive opportunities in your life that you can go execute on and truly live your legacy because it would be a shame. It would be a tragedy that if you get to the end of your life and you have a bunch of what ifs or oh wells or shoulda, coulda, wouldas, Right now, today is the day because when they say, like Mary was saying, when the teacher appears, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. So um, yes, yes, yes. And we got Teresa in the house. Teresa says it may not be easy, but it will be worth it 100%. What's up, Teresa? Thank you for being here. Our book launched today. If you guys didn't check that on my social media, go check it out. Uh, appreciate you for being here. We got Ellie Lawton in the house. She says it is important to reach out sometimes. We can't do it alone. Oh, hell no. We cannot do it alone. Christopher Cason's in the house. He says, if you fall off the horse, you get back up on that horse. You tell that horse what's up. You say, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to giddy up. I'm ready to have a good time. Yes, yes. Thank you, Chris, for being here. Appreciate you, brother. Got Darlene in the house from Florida. What's up, Darlene? Thank you for being here. 
appreciate all of you guys, whether you're live or watching the replay or listening to the podcast. Thank you for being with us. You know, connect with our guests. Let me know who it is that you would like to see on the show. I'm planning the shows for 2023. We're booked up through April right now, but let me know who you'd want to see on the show, what types of subjects you want to see on the show. Let me know how I can serve and help you guys. Make sure you go to the Ron and Scripted page on Facebook. It's easy. Just go on the Facebook and just type in Ron and Scripted. You'll see the group and come join the family there because that's where a lot of my content is going. And I'm super excited about 2023. Got a lot of opportunities for you guys to work with me. I'm expanding my group coaching programs and I'm going to be actually introducing the first ever No Excuses Mastermind. It's something I've been toying with for a while and I think it's now the time is to do this. Um, so yes, yes, yes. Darlene says here, she goes, no me, I'm always late. Um, yeah, but you can always go, look, go back and, and watch the beginning all over again because it's a brilliant conversation. So thank you guys for being here. Um, we're going to be actually doing a replay next week because I will be in Chicago. So there'll be a replay next week of a beautiful show that I would encourage you to go check out. And uh, meanwhile, enjoy your holidays, enjoy your moments. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting the kick-ass everything, Christopher Roush and the No Excuses uh, coach. I love you guys. We'll see you here on the next show. Go be brilliant. Love you guys.